You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, I'm Nick Fairbaugh. As usual, I work for Pittsburgh Sports Now. Call games at WPTS Radio, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, today we have a few things to talk about, certainly on both fronts, the football front and the Pitts men's basketball front. Maybe the recruiting isn't completely quiet. Maybe there's a target emerging for Pitt on the recruiting front, but still certainly concerning for the Panthers and Jeff Capel. We will also talk about where Pitt football goes from here, namely where they go at the quarterback room. What's going on there and who will stay past the spring? All coming up here on Locked on Pitt. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked on Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Always appreciate that folks, always appreciate all your feedback. And all of that great stuff today, though, we are talking a little bit about recruiting. And we don't talk about recruiting a ton here, we talk about it enough, but it's not a topic that comes up in terms of anything outside of when they actually commit and stuff. But Pitt men's basketball, recruiting is such a big part of it that I feel like we have to talk about it in regards to can Capel land someone? Is there anyone actually on the horizon that they are trying to land? And I talked about yesterday there was a bombshell, and George Michalowski from Pittsburgh Sports Now has had a few articles here recently that have made it very clear that Pitt has backed off a lot of guys. Uh, Avery Brown was one of those guys that they backed off of. It felt like that was going in a really good direction for Jeff Capel and Pitt, and then really it was radio silence. And the same thing happened with Darren Buchanan, who potentially could have committed if Judah Mintz was coming here. Jan Farrell, another guy that they have seemingly backed off. So they have backed off a lot of their guys. Now the interesting thing to me is, why? Why have they backed off of those guys? And then you look at what Pitt has been doing recently, and you say, none of this makes sense. Actually, none of it does. But we now have a potential target that they are going after in the 2022 class. Keyshawn Hall, as he calls himself, a big guard. He's a power forward, probably a 4-3. Can go either or. You're going to call him a hybrid. Very intriguing skill set. He, he's got he's got great handles. He's got a great shot. He's a little bit like Nasir Robinson in some ways. He's athletic. He can actually get up. He's got some great handles. I mean, I think that's the best thing of his game. You can see the shot-creating ability at all three levels. Um, and you, you see what he can do. So it's fun to watch the guy actually play. But I will say this. There are things to worry about in terms of uh, there are things to worry about when you look at his ranking, and his ranking isn't all that good. He doesn't have a ranking at bat, so you wonder 
when he released his top five today and put Pitt in, along with Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, and Mizzou, how many of those are actually committable at this time? You know, like how many of those, when you look at it, would he actually be able to call them up right now and say, I commit? Now, we didn't even know he had a Pitt offer until earlier this week where it was officially confirmed that he did have a Pitt offer. Hall's an interesting player. Because he's a guy that when you look at his skill set overall, it's probably a little raw. And what I mean by that is I don't know if you're going to get a ton of first-year contribution out of this guy. Hall looks like a guy that's a bit more of a project. you got to beefing him up. He's got to get in the weight room a little bit. He's a little too lean. He doesn't really His body's not fully developed, but he took a prep year to develop his game, and you've seen a little bit of that develop. And so... From, from the highlights in the games that, that you can watch on the internet, you can tell that the guy has a pretty nice shot. His shot form is very nice. He can create a shot. He can stretch the floor so he can shoot from all different levels. He's got a, a nice three-point shot. He is, as he describes himself, he's six foot seven and he plays like a big guard. And he can play anywhere from probably the two to the four. But the, the question then becomes, where's his defensive game? How much does he actually play in control? And, and is he a cerebral player? And that's the thing. So he went to prep to develop those things and develop his shot a little bit more. And clearly that has worked. He's had a lot of different offers come in recently. Uh, over, I mean, he had a stretch where he had 16 offers in two weeks. And he blew up just out of nowhere. And so he's an interesting player in that regard. I don't know, though, if he's going to be a guy that comes in right away and plays. So that's certainly interesting to me that Capel's taking a guy like that. He's just got a unique game. Uh, he's he's got the overall play of a guard, but he's not going to play guard. He's a forward, but you can run him through different areas of the floor, which is nice. So you have versatility with him, and Capel seems to be in a good spot with him. I think with this one, and so. The question is then, how big of a priority is Hall for Pitt, and where does Pitt see him play? Does Pitt see him coming in and actually playing early? Again, I don't see it with Hall. I think he's got things to work on with his game. I think the defensive capabilities are definitely not quite there yet. You can see it even on the highlight things that he showcases, and that you you know the the full games that are cut up. You can see him being the one brutalized at times, but he's a very good offensive player. So maybe. Maybe in year one, he's a guy that comes in and can give you a spark on the offensive end. That's okay if he turns out to be that. But he's not a complete player. So can Pitt actually get this guy? We'll see. He's a John Hughley-connected player as well. So when we're talking about this, you have to put that in perspective. So this could be... There's another angle of this. Maybe you're taking a guy like Keyshawn Hall partially because of that upside, that scoring upside he has. But also, partially to keep John Hughley here in the age of the transfer portal, remember, you have to actively recruit your players back every year, essentially. And that's no different when we are talking about someone like John Hughley. And John Hughley, one of the best, just one of the best players on this Pitt team in recent years, and, and he's played so well this year, could easily get up out of here and go. But if you keep a guy like... John Hughley here bringing a friend like Keyshawn Hall, and, and you like what you see there, that's obviously another angle. 
And Pitt's been angling for some of, of Hughley's guys here as well. Marlon Barnes Jr. Is, is a guy in 2023 that plays with both Hall and Hughley, and they're close. So there, there are things here that you can look at Pitt angling for Hughley. So there's different angles to this. But this is really the first real recruit I feel like that Pitt actually is connected to in terms of legit pushing for him. It feels like Pitt is pushing for Hall, and it feels like Hall wants to come here and feels like there's a lot of different things that's working here for Pitt. And so this might be a, a move on multiple different ends that Jeff Capel is looking at. And I truly believe that when we look at Jeff Capel's recruiting strategy at this point, there are a few things that you can at least take from it and talk about. And, and the big one is that Pitt's looking to really attack the transfer portal this year if Capel's around next year. And I think that's something Capel's really looked at and said, hey, if I want to win next year with this group of guys and I want to sell the improvement down the stretch and, and say Pitt does win four or five ACC games and he can showcase, hey, we improved down the stretch, this is where he's going to win, he thinks. He thinks he's going to win in the portal and then he's going to build a, a team that can win next year or at least be competitive and then he can get on the recruiting trail in 2023. That makes sense to me at this point, at, and when you look at this. So a guy like Hall, to keep Hughley here, a big part of their winning formula, a big part of their core, makes a lot of sense to me. And maybe they don't want to take too many high school recruits because they really want to add a lot of guys from the portal because they think that this after this year, they're going to get a lot of quality players from the portal. That's what you have to look at, and that's what... Jeff Capel has to do. I mean, Capel has to get some momentum rolling here in order to keep his job, in my opinion. And that requires hope for the future outside of just, hey, my team's great. So that's the biggest thing for Jeff Capel moving forward here at Pitt. And, folks, that's really the bottom line. Recruiting so huge for Jeff Capel here moving forward. But we'll keep moving on this angle a little bit and talking about Pitt men's basketball. But first, folks, I want to let you know about Get Upside. Hey, Pitt fans. This is Nick Faribault with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up the $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay for, for, for full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back is added right to your account so you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, or Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Outside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Check out Get Upside. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. Again, that's our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. So, from football, basketball, hockey, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. For 2022, Bet Online, where the game starts. (music) 
What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. We still are here talking about Pitt men's basketball. I do want to shift it over, though, from recruiting here, as we've said, that's such a huge thing, to a little bit of discussion about Pitt and what they need to do here to maybe keep Jeff Capel and his staff. And that starts on Saturday as they face Boston College here coming to the Pete. This is a huge game for Pitt, and really, Boston College is terrible. And if there's one team that you look at their schedule and you said, even when they were bad, even when they were terrible and losing to the Citadel and UMBC and all these teams, you looked at Boston College and you said, this is a game they can win. Boston College is not good in any respect of the word, but... They certainly also have had games where they won. You know, they beat Notre Dame pretty badly, for example. They've had games where they put things together, but they're, they're bad. This is a bad team. And you look at, overall, the big things that they do. They rebound well, but everything else they're bad at. They're really bad at three free throws. They're terrible three-point-wise. They don't take a lot of three-pointers either. So this is a bad team. They turn the ball over at a pretty high clip. They don't force a ton. They give up a lot of threes. Everything you look at is bad. Pitt's obviously also bad. But this might be a game where Pitt can use their greatness and get by with it. And that's the point here. It's so huge for Pitt. This is the biggest thing for Pitt. Is that they need to win this game. They need something to feel good about. It's so close to where... They are just fighting, losing five their last five games by a combined 10 points. That's brutal. That's just brutal if you're a team. And if you are a team overall and you continue to lose by two, three, one, there's got to be something that closes out at some point. You're like, something's got to give, right? Like We're fighting here. We're playing well. We're competing with everyone. And yet... We can't finish it. We just can't finish. And so for Pitt, they need something to feel good about. They need something to get back on the rails. They need that one in the ACC column. They need to win a game in the ACC. It's their biggest thing. Right now, I think that Pitt needs to focus on what they do best in this game. And what they can do is they've they've got increasingly... More and more involved Mogi, who can stress the floor. They now have Ithiel Horton. Maybe start him on this night. Maybe this is the game where we start to see that rotation come come to play. We didn't see a ton of the three-guard lineup. And maybe we should. Maybe we should see more of a three-guard lineup here in this game. Because this is a bad team that allows a lot of dribble drives through the paint. So that speaks well to Odukali and Burton. It allows three-pointers, so Ithiel Horton can get going. Maybe your best lineup in this game is Burton running the point, Horton and Odukali, the two and the three, and then Guy and Hughley. And that might be it, and that's okay. And Pitt really needs to look at overall what they can do within the structure of their offense in this game. Keep it composed. Don't do too much. Continue to run through Mogee and let Burton run the point. Burton's been really good running the point. But this is a win they need. And this is a game that they can win. Because when they're attacking, 
the corners and attacking the low block with Hughley, and they're getting it inside to him. If teams want to double Hughley now, Hughley's a great passing big man, so he can get it outside, he can get it to Key, he can get it to Horton, he can get it to guys like that. Now, you would like for a guy like Femi Cali, for example, to have a much better game. He's been up and down, and frankly, Cali needs to play better moving forward. I don't think he's been nearly good enough, which is, it is what it is. And, and Femi is a guy that this year has been put at the point guard position, but more and more that you look at it, you can just tell he's really not a point guard. The guy's ball handle, the, the handles really aren't there. He's a guy that can drive and create his lanes, but he can do that from the two and the off ball as well. So he doesn't need to be a point guard in order to do that, to take advantage of his game. I I overall feel like this is a game where Pitt needs their guys to just play within themselves. I think they're honestly, honestly, you watch Boston College, Boston College is terrible. Pitt might be better than Boston College with the way they played recently. That's the type of stuff we're talking about here. Pitt can win this game. This is one that if you're Jeff Capel and you talk about, I want to stay here next year, you got to win this one. You got to win this one. Because this is a very winnable game. This is a game where you look at it and you say, man, we are so close. But my staff, me as a staff, needs to win here. We want to stay. We need this win. We want to get to four or five ACC wins. We need this one. This is critical. It's crucial. If you're 0-3 already, it's tough to expect you to, to do much better than that. I mean, listen, there's 18 games. 5-13 and 13 isn't a pretty record either. But it's better than going 0-18 or something like that. I don't think this team will go like that. But you have to understand that this is a critical game for Jeff Capel in his tenure right now. If this game, if this team is truly improved, they should win this game. And, and it doesn't matter if it's close to the end or what. Close on one. Close on a game. Get that win. You have the, you have all the capabilities to win this game. This is a bad Boston College team that really has not been getting much going. They're not a great shooting team. They're really not a good defensive team. They turn the ball over a lot. They're not great at the line. You could lose a lot of things to describe Pitt as that well, but. Pitt has been scrappy defensively. They've been showing more ball movement and spacing recently. They have Ethel Horton back. The excuses are dwindling. And for this game, you got to win it. It's a critical game for Jeff Capel in his tenure. He has to win this one. Now, let's move over to football a little bit and talk about the quarterback room. But I first want to let you know about Bilt Bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan, because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. They make it easier to stick your resolution because it always tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars that are chalky, waxy, or bad. And folks, listen, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and you get low calories, low sugar, low net carbs, high in protein. Compare that to a candy bar, and you have the taste and all the health benefits that comes with a normal protein Bar. And folks, listen, there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. And Built's always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com's offer to see what is new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code 
LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. Again, that's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Alright folks, what's going on? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast as we continue to talk here on this great Friday episode of Locked On Pit. Here shifting over to football, talking a little bit about the quarterback room, and I'm going to do this over the course of a few episodes here or there as we start to get into the offseason portion of things. We'll talk a little bit more so about kind of projections as we head into the spring and what to look at for these rooms in particular and who to watch. And Pitt, the quarterback room in particular, we're just going to give a very quick primer to it, and we'll have a whole episode dedicated to this eventually, but... I do want to kind of talk about it a little bit because as Pitt gets down their scholarship numbers, I think we can anticipate that a few of those scholarship numbers that are going to dwindle are in the quarterback room. Pitt currently has five scholarship quarterbacks between Keaton Slovis, Nick Patty, Davis Bevel, Joey Yellen, and Nate Yarnell. So that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of quarterbacks to have on scholarship. Usually you have three or four at most. Never do you have five, though. That's that's a lot of quarterbacks to have. And so the question then becomes, I don't really want to talk as much about the starting job. Because, I, I mean, you have to to a degree because I think it's Slovis and I think he's coming here to play. I, I'm not going to say that he's going to 100% be that dude, but I will say I think it's very likely he's going to be that guy. But I do think they'll at least keep the competition or they'll, they'll kick the door open for Nick Patty. If Nick Patty showcases what he maybe can do and surprises everybody and it has just a, a phenomenal spring while Slovis maybe has more of a downspring, I could see it happening. But I will say, I don't necessarily know if Pitt's going to ever truly make it an open competition like people think it will be. I truly believe that Slovis coming in here he was promised a starting job, and I think he's going to get that. And I think rightfully so. He's also the most physically talented quarterback, I think, in this room right now, just from a, a true standpoint of looking at that. But the question then becomes, you know, what about everyone else? And, and we don't talk about the guys down the roster a lot. And, you know, we know what Nick Patty is, and I gave you a primer on Keaton Slovis, and we'll talk about Keaton Slovis more and more and and we'll do a we'll do a series where we break down individual players and we talk about them and trust me the Keaton Slovis episode will be very in-depth and everything but we know about Nick Patty we saw a little bit of Davis Bevel in the Peach Bowl and we talked about him you know clearly a talented arm maybe not super mobile though and clearly has issues with pocket presence and holding on the ball too long and working in rhythm he doesn't have great anticipation so there's issues there with Bevel but what about everyone else? Like, who's going to leave this room? I think that's been the biggest thing. Like, who is the biggest... Who's going to transfer out first? I think your your main concern about people who transfer out is would be Nate Yardnell. I think that would be the biggest concern. Because you can see Nick, Nick Patty doing it. He has two years of eligibility left. He probably wants a starting job somewhere. His time is running out. He's clearly... Uh, he's clearly in the flashes he's shown. I think he's clearly at ACC, maybe not AC. At, I think he is an ACC level starting quarterback. You know, maybe not a great one, but at the very least, he can start somewhere 
and certainly on the G5 level, if he decides to do that, he certainly is an FBS starter. That is what I will say. He's a great backup for Pitt, but this dude can go elsewhere and start. So if he wants to do that, that makes sense. For Davis Bevel, same thing. Has the tools, could probably transfer down a level to the G5 and start at, at some place. I mean, this dude could easily go to the Sun Belt or the Conference USA or the MAC and start. It's not like he can't do that. So that's another guy that could at least get opportunities at another FBS school. But the one guy you don't want to transfer is Nate Yernell because he's your young gun. And as you have listened to Pat Narduzzi and you have listened to everyone that has talked about this kid, big things have come out. People talk about the Lake Travis pedigree that he has, and obviously that's a big thing. But the arm talent, yes, he's not mobile, but the pocket presence, the polishness of his accuracy at such a young age, you could tell it from his film. The dude just has a touch on the ball, knows how to throw it at different speeds. So this is a, this is a guy that looks really good. and He's potentially, honestly, you look at the roster right now, and you say, Slovis gets a good year, and he's off to the NFL. Who's your 2023 starter? I'm telling you, I would put a betting odds favorite. If someone asked me right now who Pitt starter would be in 2023, I'd tell you it would be Nate Yarnell. So that's a guy you do not want to transfer out. That's a guy you need. That's a guy who is the future. And this springs big for Nate Yarnell. Can he take the step forward? I know he was injured after the Georgia Tech game and missed a lot of time with a foot injury. Um, but... That's a guy you got to look at and say, is, is he the, the future of this program? Or do we have to go out and bring in another transfer? Or do we have to go out and do things differently? And, and so you're now is going to be the guy to watch here. And the quarterback room, these transfers are going to be big because they're going to absolutely help Pitt narrow down their scholarships to 85. I could see as much as two transfers. You just hope one of them isn't Yarnell. I think... I think most likely to transfer out is, is Yellen, obviously. He's going to be buried on the depth chart, potentially as low as fifth at this level. Um, doesn't have much, that's not nearly enough eligibility left in order to wait for that time. Could probably transfer down to the FCS level, get a nice starting gig there, and go on about his business. Other ones, I mean, I think you could see as much as three quarterbacks transfer out of this program. It's not crazy to think that Ye- Yellen, Patty, and Bevel all say adios but I will say this if you're bevel I do think if Patty transfers out I think you stick around because you probably have the backup job and you still have enough eligibility after this year you have two years left to where you could start 2023 and 2024 and be okay and so there's kind of a lot of considerations to look at here but this quarterback room it's deep it's the deepest pits had in forever the fact that Bevel is the third-string quarterback right now, and you have a young upside option in Yarnell as well as a dude like Patty as your backup, and the upside of Slovis obviously coming in. It's impressive. So this quarterback room is good, but it's going to be a situation to watch here, and I think throughout the spring it's going to be critical. I don't think they're going to anyone's going to transfer before the spring, maybe beside Yellen. But those four that come in, I, I, I anticipate those four will stay the four and through the spring, and then maybe they get one more transfer out. It's going to be interesting to watch kind of what transpires here throughout the entire offseason. Who steps up? Can Yarnell take that step? And who transfers out? Is it Bevel? Is it Patty? Does Patty stay and decide, hey, I'm cool with starting 23? And I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you know, Slovis could be the starter in 2023, but 
If Slovis has the year he should have, and in the year he expects to have, he's gone after this year. This is a one-and-done thing for Keaton Slovis. So, really, if you're Nick Patty, it, it's a tough one to balance because you could start in 2023 again, but you're going to have to earn that job and they could bring in another transfer for you. So, it, it's tough. It's a tough consideration, but Pitt's quarterback room is in good shape right now. It's just going to be a very interesting battle. But I do want to, I think... Make it clear, I think that Slovis is a starter, and the, the other guys are just jostling for position for the future overall. All right, folks, as always, thanks for listening to Locked On. Pitt will be back Monday. We'll discuss Pitt men's basketball. We'll have George Michalowski on from Pittsburgh Sports Now. It'll be a great episode. All of that's coming up on Locked On Pitt at the beginning of next week, folks. As always, thanks for listening, and hail to Pitt.